Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Thank you, Kathy. So, you know, the three key processes, you'll get used to those names. Just let it all start to settle in and how wonderful God will continue to tell us this no one is better than anybody else whatever you do you're all equal yeah so we're looking at processes um, and Claire is now going to talk about the competences that feed into that so she'll take what Kathy said and feed in the competences into that okay ready for the second half here we go thank you Claire good morning everybody and good morning to everybody online. So as Lynn's just said, we're gonna, what we've just heard in Kathy's teaching is going to be weaved into this teaching on competencies. And it's all about our actions and our attitudes and what we expect to be on display within all of our teams. And as we've seen in Kathy's teaching is that empowerment is vital for the team to be effective. Here we see the individual's responsibility for bringing their contribution to the table to ensure optimum effectiveness. We really want to be effective for the kingdom of God. I think we've all got that heart in this room. If we all focus on how best to be a team player that God wants us to be, that individual building block that brings the necessary contribution to the whole building, and then we will understand more the value of every person in the kingdom building tasks that God wants us to be a part of and as I was prepping for this morning I had this lovely picture it was like um it was like a, a foundation being laid but you know when the first bricks go in that each and every one of us has a little part that slots into that team to build the kingdom of heaven here on earth that's just a lovely picture isn't it but you know the devil as uh, Kathy has alluded to he knows how easy it is for him to get in Kathy talks about baking a cake and the process of that. If we get our ingredients wrong, it can get easily spoiled, can't it? I'm the worst baker in the world. You never want a cake off me. I try, but it just never works. But, you know, as I say, the devil, he knows that the kingdom of heaven is advancing here in the south of Nottingham. He knows that the church is building in the Rock Church. We have three locations starting to thrive. He doesn't like it. Because what he wants to do is knock us back into survival mode, but we're not having it. You know, if we bring arrogance, pride, or offense into our teams, like it does with the cake when we don't have the right ingredients, it can spoil the whole team. And he'll keep us from thriving in our God-given assignments, but we're not having that. So we're expecting everybody in the dream team, and that's including our leaders. You know, when nobody is excluded from this, to work on developing these five core competencies that I'm going to speak to you about this morning. But first, what is a competency? What does that word mean? It says in the, in the dictionary version, the quality or a state or having sufficient knowledge, judgment, skill, or strength in a particular area. So we've all got a competency that we can bring to the dream team. We've all got God-given giftings to bring, to build those teams. So what are the competencies required for the dream team? I wonder, we're going to fall out. The first one, fall out? We're not going to fall out at all. We're going to find out. 
The first one is communication. I work in a world where, where there's a big communication breakdown in many teams, and it's disastrous at times. And me and my team, we go in and we build them back up from the ground upwards. But communication is key. Interpersonal communication is our first competency. And this means contributing to the specific team. You're part of in a positive way and building relationships within that team. It's all about being a team player and being part of something bigger than yourself. You know, it's such a great way to live and serve, isn't it? When we all become one body, many parts, we always bring it down to scripture. You can do things in your way, in your own time, to your own standard, but being in a team dynamic means better ideas, increased wisdom, and a support network to rely on. When we're in a team, we need to build those relationships, rely on one another, build one another up. When it's not going so well, encourage one another to keep keeping on. But this all reply, relies on communication, and clarity as well is needed. We need to be clear on what we're asking each other and what the leader is asking us to do. Conversations need to take place. Plans need to be talked through. Have you ever sat in a room, because I know I have, and somebody's asked you to do something, but you've got no clue what they're asking you to do? And you go, um, okay, can I ask a question? And the leader's just running on. Communication is key. And that, but that means as every member of the dream team that we're in, we all need to communicate well with one another. It says in Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. It is critically important. Romans 15.2, we should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we are, again, one body, many parts, and we need to be encouraging and empowering one another. Colossians 4.6, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everybody. You know, the right heart, the right attitude in speaking to others works wonders. It really, really does. If we come with a wrong heart attitude, it can just destroy a moment and a team. So an example here is our senior leadership team, and they've been modelling these competencies at a real foundational level over the last year. And about a year ago, as I say, the team decided to change the objective of the second of their two monthly business meetings. Our SLT, they, they meet together to pray for us now. They have strategic business meetings on how to advance the kingdom and how to build the church up. But they also have socials, and this is really important as well. By doing this, the team has developed their relationships with one another in different ways. Because you can, when you're making big decisions, you need to know that you've got each other's back. And you need to know how people's hearts work, how their minds work, what they might be thinking. It just makes you all the better when you come into a business situation. So by building relationships in different meetings and scenarios, it enables us, as I say, to build relationships and get to know one another on a deeper level. Giving people who might be quieter, I'm one of them. You know, I might stand in platform ministry, but actually, I'm, I'm an introverted extrovert. And until I get to know people, I don't really have the confidence to ask a question in a big meeting or in, even in a small setting. And I've learned if I get to know somebody and I can start to trust and they get to know me, I have the confidence to ask potentially a question that I might feel is daft but there is no silly questions you don't know what you don't know and by going out and sort of like my own team the evening, evening team the leadership team 
before we meet for our business meetings, we've started having lunch together or tea together before we go into that, that meeting. We, we have fellowship, we laugh, they take the mickey out of me a lot, and not nice. And, uh, but yeah, by the time that we've had food and built those relationships, when we're going into the meeting, we've all got full tummies, which always helps. Nobody's sleepy because I keep them all awake, but it just makes it a stronger foundation for us to start moving forward. Yeah, it's so key. Food, fellowship and relationship, even in business, in a dream team, is critically important. I'm going to say, keep saying critically important because I feel like it's a word that the Spirit wants me to share with you. We need to have a teachable spirit. It's incredibly important. We need to humbly learn as a servant and accept any correction in order to grow. And we read this in Luke 2.52, that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. In his humanness, he still had to learn. Yes, he was perfect. But I'm sure as a little toddler or as a teenager, he had to take correction from his mum and dad, Mary and Joseph, to help him grow in wisdom and knowledge and how to do things the right way. In Hosea 4.6, God says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. As I say, you don't know what you don't know. Proverbs 15, 31, 32. If you listen to constructive criticism, you'll be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Now, as part of the preaching and leading team, Ali, for about a year, has been giving us feedback on how we've done on platform ministry. Now, I have to say, at the beginning, I think we all felt a little bit, when that voice note came in on a Sunday, but it's been really helpful. It wasn't just on what had gone well, but actually what we could improve on. And actually, it's been really helpful, and I hope you would agree that we've, you know, that's helped you as well, because platform ministry has definitely improved and grown and everybody is growing in their giftings it's a win-win you know constructive criticism is so important not to take it to heart but go you know what and what I learned to do actually is when Ali gave me the feedback is to watch or listen to myself back and find the, the, the spots that he was showing me yeah it can be hard but actually it was really really helpful Okay, so our next point is emotional maturity. So that leads nicely, doesn't it, into constructive feedback and how we accept that. Again, in my work life, in, in, out in the world, I give feedback to people every single day on something they've done wrong. And most people come at it with a level of defense and they get very upset. But emotional maturity is so critical in our teams. It is for the leader of the team, and it is for us as team members. I'm in a member of the preaching and leading team. I'm in, um, I lead the evening leadership team, and I'm in the, the uh, VMIX and the PC and all of that. And yes, there are, every single week there are things to learn from. You see, our emotional intelligence, our EQ, is more important than our IQ, our intellect. Your intelligence will literally swerve off the road if your emotions aren't strong and focused on tackling the obstacles that come up in the journey of any team, because they will. It's not always going to be perfect. There's always something to lean on, learn on, or improve on. We continuously improve. But how do we respond when our ideas aren't the chosen ideas? How do we react when we are misheard or misquoted? Can we still bring that positive attitude to the team, or do we go into ourselves and walk away? It's really hard, but we have to be emotionally mature. You see, 
sometimes we can have a really bad day. I have something in my team in, in, at work, and I'm going to bring it into the, into the teams that I lead, the 10-second rule. When you walk into something or you've had a bad day and something or somebody said something or it's not going quite right, take a deep breath, go off and do something else, have a cup of tea, reflect on it, and then come back into the room and say, right, let's have a look at this. Let's see what we can do better. It's so much better, isn't it, than going boom. I don't know about you, but I've had times in the past when I've reacted negatively to something and it's just destroyed it and everybody's been really upset. That's not the way to go. We need to have emotional intelligence. And again, remember, the devil is looking ways to infiltrate our teams through weakening our relationships. But if we stay aware of his schemes and remember, in those moments, feelings aren't facts. They're not. You just take the breath, take the 10-second rule, come back, and it'll look better. And everybody feels better when you can have a constructive conversation, don't they? We will stay strong and productive and leave no room for the enemy to get in and sabotage the work of God, because that's what he's about. He doesn't want us unified. He doesn't want us communicating well. He doesn't want us to be emotionally intelligent. It says in 1 Timothy 4, 7, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Get into your Bible, get into your scriptures and apply it to your daily lives. It's so important. A potential scenario here is, for example, you know when you all come in on a Sunday morning and everybody's chatting and we're all saying hi, we're catching up from the week, week before, and maybe the overseer goes over to um, Yuan on VMix and says, we can't really hear the Spotify music, can you pump it up? Now, if we get defensive on that, we're not going to have a great atmosphere. All we're going to hear is chat, 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 chat. It sets an atmosphere, and we want people to come into a place where the lighting's great, the music is at a good level, and seeing people in fellowship, yeah? But if somebody becomes defensive and just knocks the music off, we're not going to get that, that pre-service atmosphere that we really want to achieve. Number four is a strategic mind. Think about how goals can be achieved by contributing ideas and plans. And as we've seen in Cathy's sessions, the days of relying on the leader for all the inspiration and ideas are over. Hallelujah. That's a really, really good thing, isn't it? That we all get to import into what this church is going to look like for God moving forward. Every member has a say, and every member is expected now to pitch in with their thoughts, their perspectives, and their ideas on how the team can function more effectively. And it's all for the glory of God. We have to remember that. Kathy said, we do this ultimately to serve God. But we must all each play a small but significant part in the rock's vision. It's so exciting, and I really hope you're catching the fire on this. It says in Isaiah 11:2, the life-giving spirit of God will hover over him, the spirit that brings wisdom and understanding, the spirit that gives direction and builds strength, the spirit that instills knowledge and fear of God. I think we've got a giant on the roof. Can anybody else hear that? I'm going to whiz through because I'm nearly out of time. So an example here was our vMix team. During the pandemic, they put up cameras up to live stream our services. That's why you've got me on, on behind you, and that's how we can sort of talk to people at home. But when we all came back after the pandemic, people were concerned about being identified on the first couple of rows. So the vMix team got together and thought about how can we solve this to people? How can we safeguard them? And when in worship, there's like a blue haze across the screen. That's strategic thinking. That is people working together to find a solution. So the last... Um, the last point is results focus. Be attentive to team outcomes and accountable for them. How's your team doing? 
Is it delivering on goals and objectives? Are they being measured? Is it that the mentality just to get by and tick boxes? Or are we always looking to do better for God? Are we looking to receive when we get to heaven? Not bad. Good and faithful servant. You did all right. Or, well done. Good and faithful servant. That's what we all want. See, a scenario for this, I mean, we've heard the wonderful work that... um, Rob and the evangelism team have been doing. But if we could forecast ahead, are we looking to see more conversations on the evangelism team? Are we setting goals to speak to children perhaps out in the schools? We've heard that children are not getting that foundational Christian teaching in their schools and young people and don't even know who God is or what he can do for them and how he came to be. It's so, so worrying. Are we looking to increase the number of people being mentored, baptised or saved? It's all about that continuous improvement. My goodness, I have <laughs> gone over time. Be, bear with me. It says in Matthew 18, 23, the kingdom of heaven can be, cared, become, be compared to a king who decided his, to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. If we don't do the accounting in the beginning, we're not going to have the money at the end, but we've got to be planning. We've got to keep going. And an example of that is our healing and deliverance team. We've got Paul and... Um, Chris here. I don't know what's happening with me with names today. I keep going blank. Before they started the course, for all the people that had signed up for the course, they sent out a questionnaire asking delegates for feedback after the first delivery. They aren't content just to run the course, but want to improve it so people can, be, can both receive and facilitate freedom in their lives. You know, just by that forward thinking and saying, what can we do better? What would work for you? What would work for the next set of delegates? The next set of candidates, rather. What's going to work better? It's so important. And to conclude, after all of that, I know we've done a whiz through, one of Satan's greatest strategies, as we've heard, is to divide and conquer. We know the Bible says he comes to seek, steal, and destroy. We need to be united as one, as a dream team, not just in our individual teams, but the dream team for the kingdom of heaven. But God knows that when we are united, what will happen? What are we? We're more than conquerors. When we're united, we will conquer. He cannot divide us if we stay united. The kingdom of God is advancing. Three locations. How amazing is that? Every week we're seeing growth and our dream teams are foundational to that. That competencies, all that you have are those building blocks. It's so important. And we want to be part of that. We heard it from, from Cathy. The south of Nottingham, revival is coming. And we are a critical part of that. And you see, these five competencies are vital for us to keep in focused on how we go about our kingdom business. So let's really think about, if you can't remember, I encourage you to go back and listen back and look at the competencies and all of the other sessions so we can be the best that we can be for our king of kings here in Nottingham. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.